your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Hurricanes your first listen of the day this Friday afternoon. As always, rate the show five stars on whatever platform you're listening on, and follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes, and myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And in today's episode, we will be recapping last night's game, I say that with quotation marks, against the Columbus Blue Jackets, because there's a lot, a lot to unpack with this game, because this was one of the worst games of the season from the Hurricanes, rivaled really only by that really ugly loss against the Florida Panthers, early in the season yeah this was this was bad and uh, it is definitely not what I think anyone expected heading into this game six nothing was the final in favor of Columbus Columbus beat us six to nothing and uh, this was one where yeah, this uh, honestly, it's one that kind of just has me at a loss for words with this game because I just wonder, like, what happened here, <laughs> honestly. Because uh, I think, as I said in yesterday's game, I think Columbus remembered that game where on New Year's Day where we where they blew a 4 nothing lead, and we came back and won 7-4. to I think they very much remembered that, and they were it was a revenge game, essentially, and they were coming out with something to prove in this game. I said that they would come out with some extra fire in this game, and it sure as heck looks like they did um but before we get into the game uh, there were a couple things i wanted to mention yeah this was the this game was on espn this was the first time the hurricanes had been on espn for a little over 18 years it had been that long for the hurricanes since they've been on espn is crazy to think about and one thing uh, that was cool was Jack LaFontaine. He was the backup, and he obviously ended up going in, which we'll talk about later. But he was wearing number 80, and that was Kevin Weeks's old number, and no one had worn it since Kevin. And Kevin being on the call last night, that was really cool. And Weeks actually played in that final game on ESPN uh, all those years ago. So that was really, really cool. And I did really... Obviously, at least yeah, pre pre game, I ex- I respected the res- uh, and appreciated the respect that the ESPN broadcast team was giving the Hurricanes. It they were constantly referring to them as a Stanley Cup contender, not 
a good team or anything like that. They're really putting some respect on the Hurricanes name, which I really respected. I do think Kevin Weeks, big part of that there, considering he played here. And, yeah, he was singing praises of Rod Brindamore for quite some time, considering who they were, obviously, teammates. And I really respected and appreciated what they were saying about the team in the pregame. And I also loved that they referred to it as North Carolina, not Carolina. Like, we're in North Carolina, not South Carolina. They're two different states, and don't lump us in with South Carolina. But I did respect that, and I appreciate it, and just I liked that. But getting on into the game, this was Brady Shea's 400th career game. They also mentioned on the broadcast it was Jordan Stahl's 1,000th, 1,046th career game. And starting out this game, it looked all right. And it, it didn't look like the Hurricanes were really caught off guard. Like they knew... Uh, Columbus would come out with some fire and they weren't really caught off guard and the Hurricanes were really having some good chances early in this game and really throughout the game it was just they weren't capitalizing on chances that were presented and then Columbus and Elvis Merzlikas they were just shutting down really everything that the Hurricanes were trying to do and uh, one thing that was pretty evident early on at least was that the Hurricanes were skating really really well that obviously kind of deteriorated later on in the game but starting out they were skating really well and Columbus was able to strike first obviously (laughs) and they ended up getting uh, a rebound and tipping it in uh, but they actually could have scored again really soon after there. But it was a really great defensive play by Brady Shea to end up knocking it out. It actually slipped by Frederick Anderson. But it, Brady, he was able to get there in time and knock it out before it crossed the goal line. Which is really good. He he was one of the few, very few positives in this game. And I... He did have some really good moments in this game, which is really good. He Brady Shea has really been on a tear as of late, whether it be contributing offensively or defensive plays like this. And it was really evident in this game that we didn't have Jacob Slavin because our defense just continued to deteriorate as the game went on. But it was nice to see Brady Shea having some good defensive plays and because I said early in the preview that I felt like him and Brett Pesci would really really be pulling some heavy minutes in this game and having to pull a bigger workload than normal with Jacob Slavin being out with COVID and they ended up being two amazing saves by Elvis Merslinkus uh off of a Seth Jarvis breakaway and then Sebastian Ajo's rebound chance it was absolutely insane I really really thought one of those was gonna go in they obviously didn't but that was absolutely insane and tip of the hat to Elvis for this game he he had a hell of a game 
and Columbus, they, one thing they were, especially kind of like midway through the first and really through the rest of the game, they just started exerting more and more pressure on the Hurricanes. And obviously, Frederick Anderson, before he ended up getting pulled, he did have some really good saves. There was this one off of a Texier breakaway that he ended up get, getting a good save on. And towards the end of the first, I thought the Hurricanes may be able to tie it up because they started gaining some momentum. And it looked like, okay, you know, they may be able to get something something done and they were really just creating a lot of shots right there at the very tail end of the first period but Elvis he stood tall for Columbus and nothing got past him and I really really thought we were going to come away with this tide but honestly I'm not surprised that we didn't either because the Hurricanes they while we did have a few good moments like early on, you know, some good chances from Brady Shea and Tony D'Angelo as well. Some others skating well, at least early on, that really good defensive play by Brady and then some good saves by Freddie. As a whole, the Hurricanes, they did look, as the period wore on in the game as well, it just looked, they looked out of it almost. And they end up allowing 19 shots alone in the first period at home. That doesn't happen very often, especially against a team like Columbus, who was kind of middle of the pack, sitting right at 500, or actually, I think, heading into the game, they're a game below 500. Now they're obviously, you know, probably at 500, give or take a little bit. But. That doesn't happen often, and the Hurricanes, they really needed to wake up, and it was really evident that we didn't have Jacob Slavin in this game for how much of a load he carries for this team when it comes to defense. I said that in the preview, how whenever he was out in the playoffs, it really exposed a lot of holes in the Hurricanes defense and because he's such a good defensive player and he carries so much of a load there you saw that again tonight and while yes we did have some good moments and that is a tip of the hat to Brady Shea there it very much looked like a team that was lacking their best defenseman and yeah, I definitely hope that come Saturday, tomorrow against Vancouver, we can get something going because I, I imagine Rod Brindamore, well, games after this, he doesn't usually say a whole heck of a lot because the guys kind of already know what he's saying. What he did say, I imagine it probably wasn't very pretty, but we'll dive into more of what went wrong for the Hurricanes right after this quick break. It's a new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in that plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good that you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars that can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. 
Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually contains around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And you'll have a trouble choosing which flavor that you want to eat because there's so many to choose from. There's coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with a new limited time flavors. So check Built.com often to see what's new. And right now, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order when you use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now, going into the second period, the teams were starting at 4-on-4 hockey because right after the horn sounded for the end of the first period, there was a big old scrum, a lot of guys getting rough with each other, and it ended up being again four on four and both teams were playing really tough to start out this first period you definitely still felt some uh tempers still flared up a little bit following the first period ending and again the hurricanes they are having some good chances early on in this period they just were not able to capitalize on them and Again, Elvis Merzlikas just shut down every single thing that the Hurricanes were throwing at him. No matter how good the shot was, again, you had that Jarvis breakaway, the Ajo rebound. You had a really good Martin Natchez shot here at the beginning of the second as well. And the Hurricanes were definitely trying to create some pressure here and about midway through, and it looked like they may be able to get something going. And... Because, you know, their defense was really creating a lot of pressure playing man-to-man. But ended up, Columbus was able to get a breakaway going. Ended up, you know, being 2 nothing, And it was just a breakdown defensively. And they were able to get loose and score on that breakaway. And Seth Jarvis had really been looking good in this game. He was another one that, you know, while the team game as a whole was not good you did have guys like Seth Jarvis like Brady Shea that were continuing to have little moments through this game that were like okay that's something we can look at positively like again that Brady Shea play in this first period you had Seth Jarvis really just in the second period really just trying to get anything going for the team of really trying to put the team on his back, but it sadly nothing was able to get going for the Hurricanes. But another really good thing in this game is that the Carolina Hurricanes penalty kill was still able to really just step up and not allow a power play goal. That has been that's another one positive that we did have in this game given Columbus only had one power play opportunity but with the way the Hurricanes were playing in this game and how hot Columbus was I think it's definitely a testament to the Hurricanes penalty kill that they were still able to fend off that power play opportunity that Columbus had 
because you know it, the Hurricanes' one power play opportunity that they have, they obviously weren't able to capitalize on it. Elvis was just shutting everything down that the Hurricanes were doing, and yeah, it, it was definitely penalty kill. That was at least one thing that we can consistently carry into the next game against Vancouver. Like, all right, our penalty kill is still one of, if not the best penalty killing unit in the National Hockey League. We can at least not worry about that. Uh, I think we're definitely going to have to worry, not not worry long-term, not hit the panic button or anything like that. But going into Vancouver, I think with Jacob Slavin still being out, I do think we're still going to have to worry about our defense of how can we tighten that up? How can we prevent these defensive breakdowns? Like, yes, we like to play man-to-man and really create a lot of pressure, but you look at some of these breakdowns that we had, we were playing guys too tight. You had here in the second period, and then you had some in the third period as well of just we're too focused on one thing. It creates an opening. Columbus goes and capitalizes on it. And, yeah, we'll talk more about some of those other chances that Columbus were given right after this quick break. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up at today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use promo code LOCKED ON to get started. From basketball, football, hockey, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available to you for the 2022 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, going into the third period. Again, Seth Jarvis, he was when they, he was having some good shots early on, but you know, Columbus ended up getting a turnover. Patrick Line ends up making it 3 nothing, And then shortly thereafter, Columbus then made it 4 nothing, Because this is what I was talking about with the defense of, while, yes, our defense does create a lot of pressure, they were so focused over on the right side of the ice where the puck initially was there ended up being an opening they tossed it out and there was nobody there Columbus made it for nothing that was when Frederick Anderson was then pulled Jack LaFontaine was then put in his NHL debut first shot he faced five nothing this was really something frustrating because Usually the Hurricanes are giving really good support to their goalies. They're not leaving their goalies hang out to dry, especially this season. Had been an issue in a couple seasons past, but here this year, it wasn't an issue. We Really the only game you could really point to where the goalie was left out to dry was that game against Florida early on and that first game against Columbus of the year on New Year's Day. Those are really the only two games they can really point to, like, oh, the goalie was left out to dry. But obviously in that first game against Columbus, we were able to rally and come back. Florida game, not so much. This game, definitely not. But then Jack Lafontaine comes in, and 
still, yeah, you know, he isn't being given any support either. Like I said, his first shot that he faced, there's hardly anyone around. Columbus, boom, four nothing or five nothing, excuse me. And it just felt like in this third period is when Columbus was like, you know, heck yeah, yeah, we got this, we got this. And that was when it really felt like their fire was just getting more and more. And they're like, yo, let's do this. Let's make this statement. You know, they haven't even scored. Let's get Elvis to shut out. Let's embarrass them at home like they embarrassed us. You really got a feeling that they were like, we're running up the score and we're going to make a statement on you in your house like you did to us. And that's very much the vibe I got, especially in the third period. Again, you know, they, you know, three nothing, four nothing, then five nothing. And then Elvis and Columbus just kept shutting down anything that the Hurricanes were getting and, or were giving, I should say. And there wasn't really a whole lot, especially after, well, really after it kind of was three nothing. The Hurricanes really just like, like, they just rolled over and died. And it just kept getting more and more evident when they made it 4 nothing, when they made it 5 nothing, And then, especially when they made it 6 nothing on a breakaway right at the very end of the day, end of the game. And it, shortly before that, Tony D'Angelo, he was ejected for yelling at a ref for missing a tripping call. At that point, I, I get you're frustrated because this game has really turned into an embarrassment and there have been some missed calls earlier in the game blah 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 but dude you you got to keep your stuff in check I get you're frustrated with the game and whatnot but come on you don't have to get into it with the ref you if you're gonna say anything like dude are you seriously not gonna call that and the ref and just let it go like if you're going to say anything at all uh, but come on guy, like have some common sense. I get you're frustrated. We were all frustrated. You think all the other Hurricanes players on that bench and on the ice weren't frustrated? Come on, man. Yeah. Have some common sense, but yeah, that is what it is. Yeah. You know, the game's behind us now. We just, we just really got to put this one behind us and move forward. This is definitely a game that the Hurricanes and the fans are definitely going to want to forget because the Hurricanes' final shot total, Columbus 35, the Hurricanes 31. Like I said, yeah, the Hurricanes, yeah, they they gave up 19 shots in the first period. Actually, 18 was the final official count there. But, yeah, it, it wasn't pretty at, at all in this game. Turnovers... We're not good again. Yeah, you know, it just led to led to goals. The one positive really being Brady Shea had some good moments. Seth Jarvis had some good moments, and penalty kill still was able to stand tall. That's about it with this game. This was a really ugly game, and not good at all. We left our goalies out to dry. Not having Jacob Slavin hurt, and I really think that. Another thing that really hurt the Hurricanes in this game was the fact that we had such a long break in between games. And Columbus was fresh. They had just played. We had not. We hadn't played in almost a week. 
last Saturday when we lost in overtime to Florida. That was the last time the Hurricanes had played. I think that break hurt the team because Philly obviously canceled their game at or at 10 o'clock at night when they still had enough people to play the game. They ended up skating with 21 people in the morning, but then the Hurricanes weren't able to skate. I mean, that that is what it is there. We can talk more about that you know, later. But, yeah, that's definitely just one that I feel that break really hurt the team. And I hope that, you know, going forward, you know, they realize, like, all right, whatever we did in that break in between Florida and Columbus, we can't do that again. We, we have to better prepare in these long breaks And I do think we're going to have to not necessarily change up our whole defensive plan of, you know, playing man-to-man and whatnot. Not necessarily change that up, but definitely change up, you know, something defensively heading into Columbus and potentially Boston as well until we get Jacob Slavin back to compensate for him not being here. I think, you know, a lot of people agree Brendan Smith, you know, he he needs to go. He needs to go back to Chicago. We need someone like Jalen Chatfield. You know, I think he actually still may be hurt, but, you know, get him, Joey Keane, Max Lejoie, one of those guys. I We need one of them, not Brendan Smith. Jalen Chatfield would definitely be the first choice. He was really really great when he was here but you know I heck yeah that may be why he's not here and we have Brendan Smith instead but yeah it's definitely one of those uh, something needs to change there defensively I think we need to change out that last defenseman and bring in someone else if Chatfield can come get him if not get LeJoie get Keane get someone else, but Brendan Smith, he, he's not it. I, I don't think he, I know like advanced stats and whatnot yet say he's like, oh, he's one of the best defensemen in the league. Watch him play. He's not. He, he is, uh, <laughs> he definitely looks out of his element almost. He's definitely, he's slow. He really doesn't mesh as well with the Hurricane style as those other defensemen that I named. And we definitely need to change him out for someone else. I, I definitely think we need to do that. I think we need to, but do I think Rod Brendamore will? No, I do not. I, I think they're going to keep Brendan Smith. <laughs> and that's just who they're going to go with. I mean, it is what it is there. But me personally, I would change him out at, for someone else. But all we can do now is, like I said, just put this one behind us. And look forward to Vancouver on Saturday and what can the Hurricanes do differently. And we will talk more about what the Hurricanes can do differently in tomorrow's Saturday edition of Locked on Hurricanes. Where we preview this game against Vancouver. And in the meantime, make sure you go make Locked on Bets your second listen of the day your daily one-stop shop for all of your sports gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's available on whatever platform you're listening to this show on. And don't forget, rate this show five stars on that said platform and follow Locked on Hurricanes on Twitter and Instagram 
at LO underscore Hurricanes, and myself on Twitter at Jaredellis underscore 96. And I will talk to you in tomorrow's episode where we preview the game against Vancouver.